welcome to this week's episode of duking it out my name is hannah campbell i am here with my father hello i'm stacy campbell and yes. we are a hot mess this morning we're having a lot of trouble figuring out how to record this stupid podcast because we got such fancy and nice mics from our very nice family they were so thoughtful and got a super like they're just the best mics ever, but we cannot figure out how we can hear each other without getting any kind of feedback, but also see each other through like Zoom or FaceTime. Every week we are mixing it up for some reason. We can't ever figure out how to record these without sitting here for 45 minutes trying we're to figure on, it out beforehand. Yeah, we're going on 40 minutes right now of, of, yeah. of working on this. For a while... I wasn't even sure how I was being recorded, whether it was through the <laughs> mic or through my phone. So so we have completely given up and we are not even using the mics this week because yeah. I think we need certain extensions and if, next Something. week it's probably going to be even worse and we're still going to not know what's going on because neither of us have good enough memories to remember what we did last time. <sighs> Brother, 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 brother. But it's fine. It's fine. Yep. So we We're apologize all... if our audio is terrible. Yes, we apologize for that. And we apologize if we sound a little frustrated at this point because we are a little frustrated. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Anyway. We're here. here we are. And we're glad that you're, that, uh, that you're with us. Yes, How's... this is a podcast about, Dad, were you going to ask me how I'm doing and have some chit chat first? I was I was going to, and we've, we're we're also trying to figure out our beginnings because we feel like our beginnings aren't that great. They're so never like, good. And so we're like, maybe we should like chit chat a little bit, and then throw the music in, and then get into it, or maybe we just start with the music and then chit chat. But our chit chat was us bitching about our audio for forty five minutes. So yes. we're kind of out of chit chat. <laughs> so we need to fair. get into it. Oh my gosh. This is terrible. Amateurs. That's what we are. Amateurs. Amateurs. Yeah. I don't know how many we're in so far, but we are still having a hard time. Anyway, anyway, on this podcast, if you're able to hear us at all, this is what we are here. Yeah, who knows? This is what we're here to do. We just talk about anything that has to do with pop culture. Usually it's a movie. We also talk about movies. I'm sorry. TV already said that. And books. So and we kind of give our are not a part of pop culture, so we're not going to no. talk about that anymore. No, we are done Keep talking going. about these very nice gifts that are a little bit of a curse at the moment. That we're too dumb to figure out. We are too dumb to figure yep. this out. Um, so what are we talking it... about today, Hannah? <laughs> the way this podcast works is like last week or our last episode, I told dad that this week's episode is going to be all about Gone Girl, David Fincher's 2014 Gone Girl. Um, in the middle of this podcast, we do talk about what is making us excited. And then the very end is the last call where dad will tell me what we are going to be watching for next episode. So yep. again, this one is going to be about Gone Girl, which is definitely one of my sleeper favorite movies. Is it um, really? Oh, it's just because I never, it's definitely one of my favorite movies, but anytime anyone asks what are some of my favorites, I never list it because I just, I don't know why. I just kind of forget about it. Yeah, it's um, easy to, it's kind of easy to forget it for some reason. 
yeah, even though it's, oh my gosh, it's, but before we get into it, I wanted to ask dad, yes. uh, are you a fan of David Fincher movies and do you have a favorite David Fincher movie? Um, I don't know if I would say I am a fan of his mm-hmm. movies per se. Like, like, I don't know if I would um, seek out a movie just because I knew it was his, it would kind of make me curious mm-hmm. uh, about it. But he feels a little inconsistent to me. Like I never watched, I haven't watched his Netflix series, Manhunter. Mindhunter. Mindhunter. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mindhunter. Mind Though I wanted to, but now that it's kind of been canceled, it's like, eh, I don't know if I will. Um, but I do love Fight Club. That's one of my favorite all-time movies mm-hmm. there. Uh, some of his other ones, like what? Mulholland Drive, Crash. No, that's, no. Those that's are, the... that's David Lynch. Oh, I always get those guys. I up. always get them. Yeah. Now, now that I've done all this research, I have a good grasp on who Fincher is. But no, right. those are Lynch. Yeah, I mean, like Seven, I love that. Love Seven. Um. He did like Social Network and Zodiac and Benjamin Button. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. are fine movies. Benjamin Button, it's one of those where it's like, okay, I saw it once and it's always on my rewatch list <laughs> that I never get around to rewatching. <laughs> I just rewatched it with Katie on a plane and don't rewatch it. It is really? not good. Not good anymore. Mm-mm. It doesn't hold up? No. The, Absolutely the, not. Does the makeup look bad nowadays or something? Makeup doesn't look that bad. Um, it's just the most boring story in the world. It's, I mean, it's pretty long. Yeah. And yeah. And all of his movies are so freaking long. Yeah. Yeah. But I love Zodiac. So, and you know, I've never, I've never seen Zodiac. What? Um, nope. I haven't. Oh, oh man. Um, I love it. Seven. I loved that. I love mm-hmm. that. I saw that in the theater. I'm pretty sure. Um, so I, Yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily seek him out because it's a, it's because it's a David Fincher movie. Um, though I did, I'm, I he did direct the game a long time ago with Michael, yes. um, Michael Douglas, and mm-hmm. I loved, 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 loved that movie. That's a good movie. I yeah. love that one too. I forgot he did that one, and that one came up on his IMDb. I was like, oh, duh. Yeah, and that's that was long that was uh had some great twists and turns in that movie mm-hmm. that was a fun fun flick so you know yeah kind of kind of not kind of he yeah. has some hits and sometimes it's not. yeah again and like social network that just kind of felt feels like um um i was gonna say oxymoron that's not the right word it feels like um one-off in his over of movies yeah, it's very Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, it feels very Aaron Sorkin. Um, I just read an interview with Aaron, and they were asking about Social Network because he wrote it, and he was like, oh, I should probably... He really wanted to direct it, but the producers were kind of pushing to be like, oh, we should like get some other director. And he's like, okay, I'll offer it to David Fincher because I know he turns down everything. And then David uh, Fincher was like, no, I'm good. I want to actually do this. That's why he didn't direct it. That's so weird. I know. Yeah, it's just which not, is probably why it doesn't feel very yeah fitchery. Exactly. 
Exactly. All right. <laughs> well, this movie, I'm going to move us right along. Please do. Um, Thank you. <laughs> as a quick summary of this movie for everybody. Yes. yes. So we have um, Nick Dunn, who is played by Ben Affleck, who I just love his performance in this, and Rosamund Pike as um, Amy Dunn. Love hers, too, even more. But she sets him up to make it look like he murdered her so that he would go to jail because she was kind of, like, sick of taking care of him and faking it because he was having an affair with somebody else. So that's kind of the gist of this movie is him figuring out that she is setting him up and then her kind of making her way back to him. But the whole first half of the movie is she's gone. She's murdered theoretically. And you think that's true. You see her in flashbacks. Mm Mm-hmm. And and then halfway through the movie, you realize, oh, wait, she's alive. And then then she, you realize, oh, she's setting him up mm-hmm. and it's unraveling at, at that point. Did you did you read the book, right? Oh, yeah. Did you read the book before or after the movie? After. OK. All right. I read the book before the movie mm-hmm. and I can remember. I think the page number and where I was <laughs> when the pin it, dropped when, yeah. When it came to that point where you realize that she's actually alive, because yeah. it's like page 177 in this book. And I remember being <laughs> in bed, we were getting ready to go to bed. I was reading and I literally gasped out loud when I hit <laughs> that. And, and, and it was kind of in the early days of this being a huge phenomenon and yeah. it was an amazing amazing twist it's so good but wait okay so before we like get into it into it did you know that this is like a little bit inspired by an actual um true crime case really no yeah so it's which is really funny because ben affleck looks so much like the guy in real life oh, it's really? about I've, um, cause this is very similar to a lot of other cases like Chris Watts and just like husbands who become like family annihilators, okay. but specifically, um, Gillian, Jillian, how do you say her name? I think it's Jillian Flynn. Jillian. I'm just going to call her Flynn. Flynn was inspired by, um, the Scott Peterson and Lacey Peterson case. Okay. Because, and I remember listening to a crime podcast and they were talking about the peterson case and i was like this sounds so familiar to how gone girl starts and then i looked it up and yeah it was slightly inspired just because of missing wife although this is in california um missing wife around it was christmas time too so it's not totally but the husband just the way that he answers questions he's just so like out of it and he just seems so clueless and stupid um the mistress comes out and she's the one that like makes this huge PR stunt of like looking like a child. She looks super young and she, I know it's so bad. And they've been dating for like a year and a half, same time as them. 
Um, that was also when the in-laws were like, oh, Scott must have killed our daughter, Lacey. Lacey was pregnant, and then later she is found in um, the bay, I guess. And mm. yeah, she's obviously dead. But that's also very similar to... We see a scene where um, Amy was talking about killing herself, and that's just putting her in water. And there's like a boat that's oh, right. flying away, and that's the same boat that Scott Peterson had that he was using. Weird. But he was convicted, and he's in jail right now. So he did wow. actually do it. Right. But right. that is what this is sort of inspired by. So was that like a little Easter egg then that they put in there on purpose? I don't know if that was on purpose, but it's huh. just, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. So mm -hmm. I think this was the first time I had rewatched the movie. Maybe since, I don't think I've watched it again since I saw it in the theater. Back oh in my goodness. I don't, I don't think so. Maybe little pieces here. I don't think it was though. Um, because I just remembered, you know, a couple snippets. I remember the Neil Patrick Harris part at the end, different mm -hmm. different things like that. Um, but, you know, big picture, I was, I was less impressed this time than the first time. Just like with the twist or just movie making or? Um, no, I thought the, I thought the movie making, I think all of that looks fantastic just mm -hmm. the, the movie itself is great um i think when i saw the movie a couple things for me because it was a lot of the movie a lot of the exteriors uh were shot in uh, a town very close to my hometown growing mm -hmm. up in cape Girardeau, missouri shout out there and <laughs> so it's weird seeing a lot of those places yeah in the movie especially at the beginning when they're establishing everything um so I think there was the allure of that. And then I think still the afterglow of the novel bleeding into the movie. But I just remember watching it this time. It was like, wow, there really wasn't much of an ending. There was, they, she kind of comes home and it's kind of, it's kind of over. Yeah. But okay. Okay. See, I used to feel weird about the ending too, but then I don't know, because that's also kind of how Zodiac is. The ending is just very weird. It just kind of like, it feels like it fizzles out. Yeah. And that's how I felt about this too. But then, I don't know. I just love the fact that, because it kind of feels like this whole movie, she's always talking about how she is constantly changing herself to be with the men that she loves. Right. And like, just the different aspects of her personality that she has to bring out to be with people and so at the very end she's like forcing him to change for her which I found very fun but him even staying I'm like you could leave you could totally leave right but him and her whole monologue about you still love me like I've killed for you who else could say that I love and he's kind of looking at her and every time I watch it I get more, I get closer and closer to thinking that he actually does still love her. And that is why he's staying. It's not that he's trapped because he's not trapped. He could totally leave. But I think the ending is really just saying like, she is forcing him to 
be the kind of man that she likes and he likes that at the end of the day and that's why he's kind of i i i and i haven't read the book since you know eons ago Mm -hmm. probably 10 12 years but i do remember feeling like at the end of the book that it was a much it was much more two-sided and he was just as nasty as she she is because in the movie she feels like the that she's the bad guy and he is the victim and whether he chooses to stay or feels trapped to stay at the end that's kind of beside the point it 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 still feels like she is the the crazy one doing all of this and he's he's responding and i i remember in the book it feeling like they were they were both equally nasty to each other and so they found this equilibrium and had decided okay we're going to stay together then i remember you saying that when i read the book the first time and you were like oh the ending is so different from the movie but i don't think it is i it I don't might feel... just be the way that like both of them play it cuz she does seem more villainous yeah she's more maniacal but he deserves it. Right, but she's I mean, she's a murderer. Let's let's admit. She's a murderer. But he was Neil Patrick Harris was kind of he he was keeping her there. Like, yeah, she's definitely a murderer and she put herself in that situation. Yeah. But that I love that scene. That is such oh. and the whole the part where she has slashed his throat. And then she's sitting there for a second and you can see her start to kind of break. And she's like, nope, pull yourself together. Yeah. And like gets is, hair all over her. Oh my it's gosh. Such a it's, violent, such a violent scene. It is. And she yeah. plays it so well. Oh my goodness. I love Ros- Rosamund. Yeah. It's so good. So, yeah, I mean, I think it was, I mean, what would you say is the climax of the movie? I think... There are a couple. Okay. And I love the way David Fincher just sometimes his editing feels weird. Like the beginning of the movie, the dialogue feels like stunted for like when he goes into the bar for the first time with his sister, it feels really weird dialogue. And I'm oh, like, I thought what? it was great. Oh, maybe it's just because I've watched it so many times, but I'm just like, this feels weird. Because I, w- I, I, I even made a note that the dialogue all the way through is just so snappy. I love, I love the snappy dialogue between the detectives the most. Yeah. The way that they're like questioning him back and forth, back and forth. I love them. Or th- yeah. I lo- anyway, so, so what was I? Oh, the climaxes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I got distracted. Um, I think the first climax is when he's like putting together her fourth note, her fourth clue and figuring out what's in the woodshed. Right. And that's also um, like edited together with her talking about how she's afraid of her husband in her diary and then the cops finding the diary. Which is right before her saying that she's just gone. She's dead. I think that is one climax. I love that part. And then the end when she kills. Right. So you're saying the first climax is that because it's, it's putting all these pieces together. 
yeah all the pieces together all the pieces together and then it cuts to black and it goes right to her in her car i'm so glad i'm i'm dead right okay and then the other one is definitely when she kills neil patrick harris yeah i was i was thinking that that was the climax of the film but it still feels like there should have been something it should have been something else after that which i think that's why it feels like the ending feels weird because we've had these like two big moments and then the end of like even her coming back to him feels less like it's not as it's not as like it's it's so dramatic Right. right it's not as impactful and um when she's in the hospital or anything and then they have that huge fight in the closet which i love where she tells him that she's pregnant and he's like, I want a paternity test. And she's like, I love tests. That's probably my favorite line. I love that one. <laughs> she cracks me up. Yeah, there's so um, many, there's so many good little things in it. Um, yeah. The the dialogue, just the mood of the whole movie, mm-hmm. the um, the looks, the little subtextual looks back and forth, like when he goes to the police headquarters and there's all these he and answers something and everybody's kind of looking around at each other. It's just yeah. the way those pieces are put together to make you feel nervous mm-hmm. and wonder about him and doubt him. And yeah, it's, it's, Oh, it's so good. And it's fun because I've watched this movie so many times, but before this, I wasn't really analyzing any of it or I wasn't fully paying attention anymore because I have, I've seen it so many times at this point, but this time there are so many like extra details, like, when she's picking out, when Amy is picking out glasses um, to make herself look different, mm-hmm. and she's dyeing her hair and all this stuff, she picks glasses that look exactly like Go's glasses, the twin, to make her look like, she looks so much like Go when she is in her disguise. And I'm like, oh, she's like trying to look, which is another thing of like, oh, she looks down on Margot, which is why Margot wow. doesn't like her, and they've never liked each other, or whatever. Like that, or um, I finally looked up because I was and like, Margot, oh. for our listeners, Margot is the is Ben Affleck's twin. sister, mm-hmm. twin, yeah, twin. Um, which hold on, we got to pause on her because okay. I love this actress. This is her first movie that she did, but then I was talking about her to Katie, and I was like, oh, this is like the same girl that's in Fargo, and I love that season of Fargo. Oh wow. Um. Right. She's the cop in the third season. Oh, okay. I know. I, I would have never put that together. She looks so different with those glasses yeah. on. Yeah, totally. Um, which they also did her dirty with those glasses. Those glasses are horrific. I hate them. But she is um, a Chicago theater actress. Huh. Like, she's on the board at the Steppenwolf Theater, and, like, she was an ensemble member for so is many of right? their... Yes, Katie was... Um, I think I was, I brought her up again to her and Katie went off about how everyone in Chicago was like, that's our girl. Like we love her. Oh, so she recognized her. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I love Carrie Coon, which is Margot. She's one of my favorite actresses. She does such a good job. I love her. But, um, the handwriting, this is another thing that I found out. Um, cause every time I've watched this movie, I always point out how much I love the handwriting. It's gorgeous. Right. I'm like, 
who is this person doing this handwriting? So I was looking up and I was like, there has to be, it can't be Rosamund Pike because we did not, there's not one shot where we see her writing, her, right. only see a hand. And I'm like, there's yes. no way. No, that's her. She went really? to like a, she went, what is it called? She went to a graphologist is what it's called. And she wanted her handwriting to, like that was how deep in her character she was. She just wanted it to be perfect. And it is wow. perfect. That is amazing. I know. Well, yeah, she's she's deeply into that character, and she, mm-hmm. I mean, she exploded with this role. She'd had little oh, yeah. parts here and there, but this mm-hmm. was like, oh, she's a big thing. She was, and she, she's usually like quieter, demure characters. So getting this role, like, because um, she's in Pride and Prejudice as right. uh, Jane, which is so funny that that was one of the clues when they were like they were having a good marriage when they go to the bookstore and he finds it and it's pride and prejudice i thought that was very funny oh that's cute it's like that must be a call out yeah <laughs> I, th- I think my favorite scene i mean the the cinematography in this was was great but i think my favorite scene was when nick is at the bar with his girlfriend and it's snowing it is yeah. just such a cool beautiful scene and even when he's at the bar with with Amy in, in another flashback and it's all mm-hmm. the sugar. All of that is just so beautiful looking. It's gorgeous and just the storytelling with it and yep. how they make it yep. look so similar. It's so or there was like I noticed this this time around um when he proposes to her and then they have a kiss. And then the next scene is him in like the interrogation room and they're getting his DNA out of his mouth. They make him in the same exact spot on screen. Oh, wow. It was so cool. I loved that. And it was just like a stark, like the music stopped really fast. And yeah. That's I love cool. that. Okay, so let me ask you this. Why why aren't more movies like this getting made? Because this this revolutionized publishing uh when this book came out it was such a phenomenal hit Mm -hmm. and it generated it still generates gobs of copycat novels and almost created this whole industry of women and not women in peril but the unreliable narrator kind of thing and domestic thrillers stuff like that Mm -hmm. so why and it was this movie was a big hit. So why don't we see more of these? Um, or is it the kind of movie that would be out on on streaming now? Well, I think we do see them like um, woman in the wind or woman on the train is very similar to this. Yeah. Or but that came out right around this time as well, though. Well, I think that's why. Like, it generated quite a few of these types of thrillers. And then, like, we have Big Little Lies and Sharp Objects. and um, But those are streaming things. Yeah. So I guess people just kind of got tired of it. And I think now we are in the parody realm because of um, sure. Kristen Bales. Like, Netflix, what is that? It's such a long the woman, woman in the window. In the window who, who, yeah. Something, 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 something. Which was so, pretty good. You I could not you didn't like it. it. I, I liked I it. Like I enjoyed it. Because it had it, it actually had a, a satisfying mystery at its core. Oh, brother! It did. Mm. You didn't see it coming. I didn't see any of it. It was bad. 
Okay. Or, <laughs> or um, Dead to Me. That's a good one on Netflix. That's a women murder kind of thing. Sure. So I think there are, but I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't think know it's that mid-range, it's... it's that mid-range movie doesn't get, get made often. Like the real cheap independent ones or horror movies and then the super expensive ones. But those that mid range, there's not a those are hard to get made, it seems like. Yeah, I can't really think of like a good thriller I've seen unless it has to be like total horror or right. or it'll just be like a mini series on something. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's a good that's a good question. Something it's, to point out. It's interesting. Cause yeah. You, because it was such a, it was such a big budget, um, lots of resources, a lot of big people behind this movie, mm-hmm. and it made lots of money. Um, but you just don't, you know, almost ten years later, you just don't see this kind of movie out very much. I think it's probably. I think this one specifically is like, the reason it got made um, with such big people is because the book was so big. Oh yeah. So, I'm trying to think of like a really. And then that's similar to this, but I don't know. Well, and then Jillian Flynn and um, David, what's his name? I was going to say Fincher. Fincher. They, yeah, I was going to say Flinch again, though. Uh, They were, they went off and made Mindhunter. Yes. And, and worked on that together and, and stuff. So, but that's, I tried watching Mindhunter and I, couldn't i think i watched the first season and then i was like i'm out i can't do this hmm. but I've, people love it i'm just not one of them yeah it seemed like an interesting concept but i think it was and, and i didn't watch the first season but so correct me if i'm wrong but it <laughs> seemed like a very very slow burn it's definitely a slow burn and it seems something that's so up my alley of like, because they're right. just interviewing serial killers and um, understanding how their brain works. I think but I would I'm... have liked it and probably gotten behind it if it would have been, and this is what I thought it was going to be at first when it first came out, but if it would have been more of like a 1970s Silence of the Lambs, that would have been cool. Because it has hints of that. Because it's, it... it's the beginning of them profiling and figuring out serial killers and, and it pretty much is that it is yeah, that but it doesn't i don't think it's that it's not as enough of a thriller like silence of the lambs yeah no i don't i don't think so yeah. but it has the girl in fringe and the last of us i don't remember her name oh but... anna <laughs> anna turvo pervo something anna, i have no idea anna p it starts with a p <laughs> i remember that so, all right. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. I wanted to ask one more oh. specific thing about Gone Girl. Right. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, when she's like doing her diary and you see her talk about like the good days and then there are terrible days that you know are the ones that she like made up or she just embellished a lot to make him look worse. But there's one that's like in the middle. It's where um, I was just, it was when she was talking about them going to Missouri and she's like, I just wish he asked. Do you think he actually asked? Oh, I think he totally did. I think he did too. I think he totally did because 
she had to buy the house and everything because it was well, yeah, but- it was her money and 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 he needed to you know take care of his mom so i and, and that's the thing you have no idea because right. she twists and pulls everything around mm-hmm. for sure um but it totally seemed like he he didn't you didn't get the any indication that he was violent or ugly or or nasty towards her well i think the nasty thing is just he when they got to missouri i think is when he kind of started shutting down a little bit and didn't really try to be her husband anymore do you think if he would not have had this affair would it would she have still ended up the same way i think that he asked her to have a baby at some point and that's why they went to the clinic right but then she didn't want to do it and then he started having the affair and then she saw and then she started masterminding all of this so I don't know if. Oh, I, I think she would have, because I think she, I think she got bored with Midwestern life and she would have, I think she would have just gotten bored with any life. Once you settled into the everydayness of marriage, I, I bet she would have done it, created something. I think she would have done. I don't think it would have been as bad as this, but I think the affair just like set her I don't know, like lit her aflame and she just went off the rails because of that. Yeah. And I don't know. It'd be interesting to, it'd be interesting to look at the timeline. Cause I, cause he'd been having an affair for a year and a half, a year and a half from. Yeah. And I bet she saw him maybe three months into it and then started masterminding all this. That's how long it took her to do it. Okay. I don't, does it ever explicitly say that though? No. Yeah. Cause it, so all of her stuff could have started even before the affair. Yeah, it could. Right. But we don't know. But I think, right. I think the affair was the flint, I guess. That was the spark that really got her going. Yeah, maybe. I don't even, she doesn't even really seem to talk that much about the affair. Like she doesn't, explode Mm-mm. on him about the affair at the end or confront him or anything like that so well this whole thing was her big confrontation because of the affair say that again like this was her whole confrontation oh well yeah. <laughs> yeah. wow yeah okay that's what you have that's what you get when you have an unreliable narrator <laughs> anything could happen that's what that means that's true that's true <laughs> Well, that is, um, that's our discussion of Gone Girl. Yeah. That was a fun, that was a fun watch. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for that. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what's making us excited. Woo. Welcome back. And this is our segment where we like to, talk about what is making us excited um we do record these a bit further back um so we have to look pretty far into the future to see what is actually going to be like relevant when this episode comes out um 
unfortunately, I didn't look that far ahead. It is almost March and mine's coming out in April. But <laughs> I am too excited to not talk about it. And I have to talk about it. There's this movie called Polite Society that is coming out in April. I don't know exactly when. But it premiered at Sundance. And everyone loved it. And it's, let me read you the summary of what it is about. I'll have to send you the trailer because it's such a good trailer. But it's... Uh, we'll post it in our show notes. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Um, Rhea Khan believes that she must save her older sister, Lena, from impending marriage. After enlisting her friend's help, she attempts to pull off the most ambitious of all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood. And it's in um, England, and they are Pakistani. Okay. So... I think I think it is um what is it like a match made kind oh, of okay. thing <laughs> but for, yeah matchmaking um variety is it, a, is it a comedy it's an action comedy action comedy yes oh variety on their they like have a whole article about it and the headline is British Pakistani teen takes on the patriarchy in high octane culture clash comedy. And then they say it's a Scott Pilgrim mixed with Jane Austen. Oh, wow. That if is... that gives you any kind of indication of how into it I'm going to be. Yeah, that's totally your jam right there. That's what I'm saying. So it just looks very fun and it's very like how sisterly fun. and affectionate and very family oriented. But it's her trying to stop a wedding and it's very wow it looks so good i can't wait that and that is great. coming out yeah coming Sometime out in april. april called polite society right on that sounds mm -hmm. like a good pick yeah what's making me excited uh right now is and i did not look very far in advance <laughs> either uh, um simply because that's uh, what's making me excited right now is this there's a show on peacock called poker face that <gasps> yes. is about two-thirds of the way through its season so it'll be close to being it'll be done i think in uh sometime in march so by the time you listen to this it's already it's already out so if you haven't watched it you can go back and pick it up but it's a great show by ryan johnson who has, has done the knives out movies and um it stars Natasha Lyonne. She's one of the creators and executive producers on that as well. She was in Russian Doll on Netflix. And, and basically, it's, um, it's 10 episodes of mysteries, sort of. Mysteries. Mm -hmm. Sort of uh, Columbo-ish mysteries. Yes. Yeah. Where the first, the first act of the show shows you who is killed and who did it. And then it replays it basically from Natasha's perspective. And somehow she gets herself involved in these different situations each week. So it's a, each, each episode is kind of a standalone episode, mostly. Mm -hmm. And she has, she just through her relationship, she figures out what's going on and who is doing what. She's not a policeman. She's not a cop. She's not FBI. So that gives her a certain amount of freedom mm -hmm. and latitude in terms of how to go about solving things. So not everything, every episode wraps up perfectly. Not every episode wraps up with the person going to jail, but they're at least exposed. Yeah. They get some kind of comeuppance. Yeah. In some way. And, and the hook, the, the interesting part is she can tell when someone is lying. 
Mm -hmm. So she kind of has this ability to listen to them. And the, the nice thing is they don't use that very often. Um, no, the, the creators. I, feel like, I feel like I forget that she can do that until you hear her say bullshit. And I'm like, oh, that's right. She can actually right. tell. Right. There is, <laughs> there's one episode out of the, and I think there's been seven that have dropped uh, at this point. There was one where they used it two or three times where it felt like it was kind of a cop out. And that was, um, I think that was the, the theater episode. I think that's the one I liked the least, Hannah, because she yes. relied on that. She relied on that two or three times, and it was it was easy for her. The oh. the different things that happened, it was like mm, this is a little convenient. That's the only episode that kind of dipped, in my estimation. The other ones are <laughs> fantastic. And and what what is interesting to me is I'm not a huge. Oh, we already knew. We already know who did it. It's just a matter of figuring out the the main character figuring out how they did it and and seeing if they can discover i like good fleshed out mysteries but for whatever reason this show just hits i agree it's, it's fantastic yeah it's very outside of what i could yeah i'm the same way where i yeah. really like like with knives out that's very yep. traditional exactly unraveling the mystery but this is i don't yeah, every episode, I'm like, this is even better than the last one. It's I love so, it. It's so intriguing. And there's a little mm -hmm. bit of a narrative that flows through most of the episodes of something that happened in the very first episode that kind of haunts her all the way through. Mm -hmm. So I, I expect we'll see more of that. And the other thing that's making me very excited is that it has already been renewed for season two. So yes. I'm super thrilled and very Thank thrilled goodness. because it's getting so much buzz in mm -hmm in pop culture dumb and uh <laughs> as it should because it's a great yeah. great fun feel good kind of show with a lot of people getting killed yes <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that's what's making us excited right now yeah so we'll take a break and mm -hmm. then we'll come back for last call And we are back. This is our last segment of the show, which is Last Call, where, uh, in this case, I pick a movie or a TV show or book or something that we will dive into and discuss on our next episode. So since Hannah picked Gone Girl for us last time, it is my turn. And we are going to... So uh, this episode that we are recording right now I, I figured out that it will be dropping on uh, May 4th, I believe. So ah. we're several months ahead. Um, no thanks to to our trusty producer who told me that this would be dropping like in the middle of the summer or something. And I was like, wait, what? And then she realized that she had completely forgotten about April. And uh, <laughs> just didn't, didn't count April in her computations. So actually, this, I know, bless her heart. So uh, <laughs> this is actually dropping on uh, May the 4th. So we are going to rewatch a very controversial film. And um, it came out a few years back. It's not very old, but we are going to be watching Solo, a Star Wars story. Okay. So, okay, cool. um, yeah, so it's. It's got a uh, rough history, and um, 
Did you like that one? I can't remember. I liked it when it first came out. Yes. I feel like I also liked it. But there, you know, time has passed and uh, <laughs> lots of stuff has happened in the Star Wars universe. But I thought uh-huh. this would be a very fun, timely show because it will be coming out on May the 4th, which is mm-hmm. May the 4th be with you. It's also your brother and my son's birthday. Yes. Maybe we'll even have him on here. <gasps> no. No, oh, we can't do that. Right. No way. <laughs> we'll sing him happy birthday. At least. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But Wait. I thought that would be a fun kind of show to revisit that, to yes. look at it again, see if it holds up, see how things fit in now that we're kind of several years beyond yeah. this movie. And other things in the Star Wars universe have kind of continued. So, um, and what our thoughts are looking at it more objectively with a bit of distance. Cause it's been, a, it's been a while since I've watched it again. I, yeah, I don't know if I ever rewatched it outside of the seeing it in the theater. Yeah. I don't think I ever, I think we started it, but then we wouldn't fit. We were like, Oh, there's something better that we should watch. And we would turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Rogue, Rogue <laughs> one captures me every time oh i love rogue one yeah and i love it i could sit down and watch that right now solo is a little (laughs) it's a little okay uh so but the music's really good how i feel about it so i listen to the score a lot the music is really good in solo yeah and i don't even really remember that too much i listened to the score of rogue one dad it's so good john powell Powell. but okay what's his um John Williams, John Williams did, the... did Han's theme. Yeah, which I was a little not super. How dare you? With. It's good. No, it's good. You got to re-listen to it. It's good. Uh, it's okay. No, it's good. But you know, for Han Solo, I would have. I was expecting something a little more iconic, maybe. This is iconic. It's just that mm-hmm. nobody liked this movie. Yeah, which is a shame. I I would love to be able to. Well, we'll get into it. But I would love. <laughs> I would love to have seen or at least read the original script of what they were going for, because this was a hot mess over budget, uh, way over time. Who directs it? Do you remember? Ron Howard. What? Yeah. Don't you remember? I forgot that. Because uh, Christopher Lord and Phil Miller, they were the ones that started it. And they, I feel like they shot like three fourths of it. Oh my goodness. booted them. Because it was, I don't know if it was too funny, if it was too weird, if it was Mm -hmm. something. And they brought in trusty Ron Howard to to bring it home. Patch it up. And he reshot a whole bunch of it. So I would just love to see the differences. (laughs) So anyway. It's like that. And then I want to listen to what um, Alexander Desplat had for Rogue One for the music. I want to hear that. So that was the composer for Rogue One, and they got rid of him and brought in Michael Michael Giacchino, which was a fantastic move. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. How how long do you have? Five weeks? What? He had such little time. Oh, yeah. For Michael Giacchino, it was something ridiculous. Five or six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so. Oh, my gosh. So good. Okay, but. But Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. We're going to do that. And. Love. um, That'll be a fun. That'll be a fun little discussion we'll have. So, on that note, thanks for joining us. This has been Duke in and Out, and.
end our discussion of Gone Girl. And uh, next time we'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.